What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Christian Hansen Show. I'm Christian Hansen, and this is my podcast. This Monday's guest is the fabulous Ron Onesti of Onesti Entertainment. Uh, He's a great boss. I work for him uh, and his entertainment company out of the Archive Theater in St. Charles. That's just one location. He's got so many different things going on within Onesti Entertainment, and uh, it was a real honor to have him on. I never thought I'd see the day where I'd be booking Ron. (laughs) Uh, He does all the booking for so many amazing acts at so many different venues. The one that I work at is uh, the Arcata Theater. Um, He's brought a lot of dreams uh, to to fruition for many people. And the funny thing is, as I sit here and do this intro, I'm looking up at my wall of posters uh, that foster his name with acts like the Almond Betts Band, uh, Eric Johnson, Jimmy Vaughn, UFO, Johnny Lang, Kenny Wayne, Shepard, and Buddy Guy, just to name a handful. Uh, he does so many amazing things and brings in so many amazing acts and makes so many people's dreams come true. Uh, but it's not just him. It's a, the amazing uh, team that Onesti Entertainment fosters from top to bottom. Rich and Ron, the brothers, Onesti brothers, and everyone else within that entertainment company. Uh, without them, there'd be no... Uh, you know, dreams coming true. So from top to bottom, everyone who works for the for the Onesti Brothers, thank you so much for giving me so many opportunities. I've working there since July of 2018. I've learned a lot about myself, both musically and personally. Uh, I've gained so many valuable skills by way of working there. I work in the box office, but each and every night I'm able to you know, communicate with whether it be, uh, you know, management of artists, uh, fans, which is the big point. Uh, you know, you see, you see a father-son walk into the theater on a show night, first ever concert. It's just amazing to see the energy and the enlightenment on each of these people's faces as they get ready to, to witness uh, what, for many of them, is a dream. A dream come true. Seeing their idols, uh, you know, with their father or mother, uh, for that fact, uh, is amazing. And just to play a small part of that moment means a lot to me. And uh, this is a big episode for me. You know, it might not seem like, you know, a big episode for for some of you who are listening, but for me, it's huge. Uh, this man has changed my life in more ways than one, and this is my conversation with the man himself, Mr. Ron Onesti, my boss. Enjoy. Usually, we wouldn't have this opportunity if the pandemic wasn't a thing. You're always working nonstop. We're coming up on a full year of this. Did you ever believe that you'd go a full year with not a single show and anybody in attendance at the Arcada amongst many other venues that, that you, yeah, you work with we're coming up on a full year it's crazy um you know I mean obviously nobody you know if I if I could predict that I'd be buying lottery tickets I wouldn't be in the music business that's for sure right um you know it's interesting even even the government you know all the uh the uh, uh, funding uh, help that they offered, mm-hmm. all the formulas were all we're all supposed to be back at work by by uh, maybe at the latest May. Sure. And it turned into June. And then, you know, nobody, not one person thought even some people on both sides of the political table. Right. Well, I knew this was going to be big. Nobody did. So, mm-hmm. of course not. You know, it's um, it's uh, it's just amazing. But here we are. I mean, it, it flew. It definitely flew. Yeah. What is this period taught about? taught you about yourself and more, more so um, about just life in general, because obviously, you know, when you're, when you're on the go working as much as you are, you, you miss moments in, in life, um, big moments, stepping, stepping stone moments, whether it be with uh, family, uh, daughters, your children, um, you, you miss moments because of the fact that you're so busy, uh, whatever it may be, whatever the moment may be. Did it did it give you time to kind of reflect and just really cherish this time as a family because you have this and you're making up for just constantly being busy all the time? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's an, an, another obvious answer. I mean, who wouldn't you know, appreciate more time sure. with their family, more time with themselves, you know, understanding what you're all about, maybe a hobby, maybe your health, maybe right. your sanity, you know, um, but um you know, I don't know that that I'm taking that much 
about that. Um, you know, it's a give and take. Sure, there's a lot of things that I, I got to do when I got right. to spend time with my family and my daughter's getting older and, and my puppy's getting older. And, you know, it's just stuff to you want to, uh, um, you know, you want to do with your family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, I, I try to do that anyway. Um, you know, there's also the, the negatives too. what you're what you're missing. Sure. I think the thing that I'm taking away from this really is appreciation. Um, I've always had a great you know appreciation for um, my family and wife and daughter and everybody, you know, just you're trying to have an appreciation for your life. Right. Um, but I have an appreciation for, you know, even just the simpler things. I think that's what it, this whole thing taught us mm-hmm. is just appreciation for the, the little things that they say, the finer things in life. I mean, you know, just being able to hug somebody, right. being able to shake a hand, being able to share a meal being able to do, I mean, all these things, my gosh, being able to walk uh, into a store and not have any, everybody like walk around you. Like you have the plate, right. I mean, it's just a weird dynamic that's going on. So, you know, I miss those times when, uh, you know, philosophically I would, uh, what do you call body surf right. on people? Yeah, yeah. You no, know? I mean, I didn't, never did it, but especially these days, right. what's that? But, um, but philosophically the body surf across your, your, your world is something that I miss tremendously. And, and, you know, even in the live music, I mean, my gosh, people say I missed shows. I miss shows. Oh my gosh. Do I miss the shows? Yeah. Not only will the music sound better, but when I'm backstage and I'm looking at all the people jamming and having a great time and forgetting their, their, their woes and forgetting their troubles, man, oh man, the, just the elation it's going to be. It's not just good music. It's going to be great music. Sure. No, I think a lot of it too is though, is I don't think we really took, I think we took music for granted and have taken it over, over the years. I think this moment right now is just really putting in perspective how lucky and, you know, yeah, just lucky we are to have music because going through something like this, this long with no music would be absolutely horrendous. So I think there's, uh, everyone who's made music, who plays music has garnered farm, far more respect um, amongst the masses because of that. Um, so, I mean, it, it's been great. Now, you got you got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, for those who uh, might not know you, um, this is the man, Ron Onesti. He's got, he's a entertainment guru, mogul business. He just does everything. You've got a whole bunch of different venues. Talk a little bit about the progress at the Arcada and the work going on at the Displaying Cedar for the listeners in the Chicagoland area? Because we've got a lot of exciting stuff going on. Sure. Well, it is. I mean, you know, we've taken advantage uh, of time um, to renovate, uh, not only renovate our St. Charles properties, but sure. also we entered into a contract with the city of Des Plaines and we're going to take over the Des Plaines Theater and we had a major renovation plan there. So those wheels were already tur- turning in February, right. uh, both projects uh, full underway with renovation. I mean, complete multi-million dollar renovations of both properties. Mm-hmm. And then when the, um, when the pandemic hit, you know, those dollars and that, that funding and that, that wheel was already turning. So that's, right. that hasn't stopped. Really. So at the, um, at the St. Charles properties, um, you know, if you come to the Arcata theater, uh, I'll tell you what hasn't changed was, or is the, the magic, the splendor, the, the, that feeling that you're in the 1920s and right. it was open in 1926. We've maintained that, but infrastructurally, all brand new power, all mm. brand new plumbing, all new restrooms, uh, fire safety. Um, we've added uh, um, a, a place called the Barcada, which is a tavern style bar upscale with all video gaming, video poker. We've got a new restaurant called Rock and Za, the rock and roll pizza and pinball experience. And we've got six vintage pinball machines in there. Um uh, with uh, all rock and roll style, we've got uh, and we've got Aerosmith, Kiss, uh, uh, Guns and Roses, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's and I guess just my, my great recipes: wood burning fire, uh, roasted pizzas, and they're all my recipes in an oven we just got in from Italy. Across the hall, next door was a, a sporting goods store for since right. the 1950s. Mm-hmm. We got to that building, and uh, we put the holes in the walls and connected the two buildings. And um, again, we're putting my restaurant concept there called uh, Rock and Ravioli. It's my Italian restaurant and all my recipes. And you're going to love that as well. Again, it's another rock and roll culinary experience. And then um, upstairs, you know, the, the Club Arcata Speakeasy, of course. We, right. we've, uh, we've done a lot of improvements with regards to the kitchen and the server station. Uh, we have a VIP experience. 
the dressing rooms, the entertainers are going to love all the upgrades. But again, all these upgrades, all these great things are, are, are amazing, but you're not losing the splendor. The other big announcement that we have is something called the Arcadian Suites, which second floor, our corporate offices, we bought another building down the block. We moved everybody down there. That building next door, we took apart uh, that whole second floor. We joined the, both buildings on the second floor. So we're putting uh, 11 super suites, overnight hotel style suites, um, but they're all themed. Mm -hmm. We have a Sinatra suite, an Elvis suite, a Zeppelin suite, Prince kiss a johnny cash i mean really really cool experiences because everything about us whether it's food whether it's music now overnight stay it's all about the experience so that's what you're going to have in st charles in the Plains, it's a place that was really practically just uh it should have been demolished many years right. ago it was uh condemned and in really really bad shape we took it down to the brick we, took, we removed floors and ceilings. I mean, really gutted the whole thing, but still maintained the stage and the proscenium and some of the, the original uh, uh, art, art, art deco, art right. deco elements from 1925 when it was built. And so you're going to see a theater similar to the Arcada, even the colors. I've got my coppers and my brasses and my metallic golds. You're going to love it. And we actually added a balcony there. Oh, so wow. where Arcada's at 900 seats, that'll be about 825 or so. Um, We've got a restaurant, uh, the first floor, again, another wood fire burning, wood burning fire, wood fire burning <laughs> uh, pizza experience. Um, it's called Des Pizza because it's in Des Plains. Ah, there you and go. it's kind of an homage to some Great. of the elements of uh, Des Plains. Yeah, you'll see some antiques there. We've got the original uh, uh, neon sign from the Sugar Bowl back in the 20s. Oh, was wow. the, the restaurant right uh, down the street. Uh, we've got uh, uh, a... Um, a plaque, a metallic plaque from the original uh, uh, McDonald's, that original McDonald's that was in, in Des Plaines, the first Ray Kroc McDonald's, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm calling it Des Pizza because it's about Des Plaines. Yeah. And then the second floor, we're putting in uh, our uh, bourbon and brass, another speakeasy experience. So again, the Des Plaines, uh, situation is really, really cool. And everything's going to open up. Well, we'll be ready. I'd say four to four to six weeks on all the properties. Oh my God. Uh, what happens from our governor oh and mandates right. that that's, uh, we'll see what happens. Right. You know, you Whew, touched on a, a lot. Yeah. You touched on a, a several things in there. And the one thing that stands out the most is your, your effort and drive to maintain the originality of the, both structures um, from its glory days. What was so important about maintaining the, the main kind of, um, theme of infrastructure and kind of uh, design from their glory days. What was so important about maintaining that? Obviously, displays. I'm guessing a lot of it has to do with you know growing up in in an area like y you want to bring it back to what you remember. But what what's the big the big factor in maintaining that? Well, you touched on it, Christian. I mean, you know, people, you know, generations have grown up at the Arcade right. Theater. And at the displays, Arcata built in 1926, mm -hmm. displays 1925. So you've had generations, uh, uh, multi-generations pass through there. So, you know, it's um, it's what drew me to the Arcata in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's what kept me there. It's what had people, what, you know, the Arcata was, look, it, it's a great place. You know, sure. it just mm -hmm. like anybody else. I mean, you, you've been, you know, part of our crew there, our family for a long time. And, um, and you know, there's that vibe, you know, but. Yeah, before it was, I mean, you know, we had, we had challenges. We had, sure. I mean, we only had a couple of bathrooms for 900 people. Uh, we had great heat and great air conditioning, just bad timing because the air conditioning was great in January and the heat was great in July, but when we needed it, it didn't work, right. um, you know, it goes on and on and people still came and why? Because of that vibe, that feel, that homey, <clears throat> um, uh, uh, loving, just you just felt like you belonged, you right. know and so i was very careful not to lose that vibe because a lot of renovations they make it all contemporary they make it beautiful mm -hmm. but there are many many venues and i know this for a fact because i get calls every once in a while from theaters around the country who put a ton of money millions but they're still not drawing they want to know how what's my magic uh, formula that take uh, uh, a small place in st charles not downtown chicago right. st charles over an hour away from chicago um, and it was, uh, uh, you know, like I said, it was, it was, it was really terrible when I first got it, but mm -hmm. the way I, we, the way people know it, that was Madison Square Garden compared to what it was. Um, 
and um, and I, you know, it's that it's that vibe that you can't really describe. So it was very important for me to keep the vibe, to keep the beauty, the, the wonder, the beauty, that that original splendor that kept people coming, even was when it was less than a, a wonderful experience on some occasions. You know, they still they still packed. We still sold out every night. Right. So now this is kind of a way to reward all those people who spend so many nights there and the ladies in, in long lines and sweating was terrible. It was mm-hmm. just the shirts, the pits in their bodies from perspiration and the guys in long lines and bathrooms. It went through all of that. So now we've got about 30 different bathrooms. We've got great new HVAC. We've got new restaurants. We've got, uh, uh, I mean, just, it's just a really upscale yet still classic uh, Arcada or Displays theater feeling. So it's going to be great. Yeah. And that's, a, that's important to maintain that. Now, when, when you took over the, the theater at the Arcada, what was it? 2005, 2008? Yeah. Around there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you went to DePaul for business. When, when you went to, to college for business, did you have any aspirations of uh, specifically focusing on, you know, business within music entertainment, or did you have another, um, you know, kind of focus in business and you found out about the situation in St. Charles and go, Oh my gosh, we can't let it go to waste. What can I do? What was, what was the original goal as far as getting into the business? I know that was always the plan, but was entertainment um, music business, something that um, garnered your interest from the start? Well, well, you're, you're, you know, you're giving me a little bit too much credit about having a plan. I really didn't have a plan to be honest with you. My whole life from a, 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 uh, a business standpoint sure. or from a vocation standpoint um, is truly evolutionary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I started out when I was 11 years old in a restaurant in a Jewish deli in Oak Park. And it taught me a lot about customer service, about uh, uh, different types of people. You know, you, you, you work at a restaurant, it's a local restaurant that has, you know, local uh, people who, who, who come all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn about life. You, I mean, it's, I, I suggest everybody should work at a restaurant in their life at some point, the right restaurant, you know, a uh, fast food is probably not the best experience. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about a situation where you interact with people, mm-hmm. where you learn how to, how to talk, where you learn how to hustle, where you get, I mean, I had this big old Jewish guy. Uh, his name was Ben. He was brutal. He was he was not nice. He was not, but you know what? He taught me about hustle. He taught me about responsibility. He taught me about cleaning it right the first time. Believe me, I got spanked many times for not wiping a table right. So even now when I see a busboy, when I'm at a restaurant and the busboy moves a salt and pepper shaker to wipe behind it, I always give him a tip because that shows he's got passion. He's proud of his product. Those are the kind of things I learned very, very young. And then I just started getting involved in things. I didn't know I'd own theaters or be even in the music business. I, I didn't play. I mean, I played a little bit, but I wasn't like, I'm not like a lifetime musician. I love music. I love rock and roll. And I was born, I feel, in the right time. I was born early enough in rock and roll history to understand the music of the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, but late, late enough to be able to bring it to young people like you. So um, I, I did not set out to do this. It was something where I was in this part of a business. I was in printing, and then we were in. This is my brother and I, by the way. Right, of uh, course. Printing and signs, and then we were doing festivals, and then we were putting on shows, and then you know one thing. Then I went into management, and I was managing uh, 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 the uh, American English, the Beatles uh, tribute band, and got them to be a very successful point. And they were they were used to play one of the only live shows, the Arcada did at the time was uh-huh. American English. Oh, wow. The rest of the time was a $4 Brew and View movie house. It was really bad. Oh my God, it was terrible shit. Um, so the first year, you know, when I was managing uh, American English, we played the Arcada, sold it out. It was great. The next year, I was trying to get a hold of the owners at the time. And uh, they didn't, uh, and the gentleman didn't answer, didn't answer. I thought, you know, I don't know what was going on because right. it was a good, good thing. Sold out, you know. And uh, I drove all the way out there. It was a hop, skip, and a plane right away from where I was living at the time. And, um, and, uh, and I saw that the dumpsters out with wood sticking out. And they were actually not demolishing the build, building, Christian. But what they were doing is um, repurposing the theater part, putting uh, different floors in mm-hmm. to make it an office building. Oh, wow. And uh, that's oh, why wow. I said, wait a second. So I started uh, talk, calling the owner of the building and making them offers. And you know that whole thing, be careful what you wish for? Mm-hmm. Well, I was at, we we're having our daughter that same uh, month. Oh, and wow. and all of a sudden, you know, I got the call. I was literally at the hospital or the doctor's office got the call. It's yours. Well, holy cow, now what? 
I got to tell you, the first two, two years, I'll say the first show was amazing. But after that, the next two years was just 15 people every show, 20 people every show. Oh, wow. I thought for I sure it wasn't going to happen. Really? Oh, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. And then, then, then don't forget the 2008 when, when the whole economy caved. Oh, yeah. It was right there. And I just, I just opened up another restaurant there, which was the old church inn. I was called the Onesti Dinner Club, high-end steak and seafood and everything. Wow. And then the economy caved. Hmm. So again, hung on by my fingernails and built it up, built it up. We put money into it, put money, every, just kept recycling. Whatever money we brought in, went right back into the theater. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, basically here we are. Yeah. I, I think it's worked out. No. And obviously you mentioned y- you. your brother. I didn't, I didn't forget him. Um, Rich and, and you both kind of brought, brought this together um, amongst many other people, but what was so, um, what was was there any difficulty in making that collaborative decision as um you know brothers about getting into this together was there any hesitation like uh oh you know they say you never do business with family like was there any hesitation about that because of the perspective possibility of the what ifs or was there never any doubt that you two could do this together no, I mean, I got to say, first of all, it's it would would have been everything I've done in my right. life, basically, with regards to business would have been impossible without my brother. Um, you know, it's always been he's always the guy behind the curtain. Right. He's always the guy that, you know, I'm, I'm out there and it's everyone's, hey, Ron, hey, Ron. But he's you know, he's a hero. He gets things done. He's the one to make sure makes sure that technically things happen. Sure. And he's had to take scotch tape and paper clips more often than once, man, to make things happen. You wouldn't believe, well, you would know because you've seen it. Yeah. But um, sometimes I just marvel at things he, he does. And uh, all along, you know, he's always been my little brother. Sorry, he's six years younger. And when I was starting with all this crazy, I've always got a lot of, you know, um, people have called me, I don't know, a visionary or whatever. But uh, I think that's another, that's Latin for nut job. That's really <laughs> how I approach things because I get excited about things yeah. and Rich has always come along for the ride on my crazy ideas. We had a radio show together. Uh, he's the funniest guy I know. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of, uh, uh, experiences like that, but I can go into talking about Rich, uh, for, for hours, but no, there was uh, to answer your question, never any hesitate. He's always trusted me, mm-hmm. uh, with my crazy ideas. And it's, it's been like, okay, I got this idea. I'd like to do this. And he makes it happen, you know? Uh, on so many fronts uh, with regards to the technical aspect right. of things, the genius with stuff. So, no, no, we had, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, I started as a busboy at a Jewish deli. And, uh, and then as I became the meat slicer and became, you know, a little bit older there. And, uh, you know, I was, um, um, let's see, I was 17, 18, mm-hmm. brought him in. He was 12 as a busboy at the Jewish deli. So he followed that. Uh, we had, uh, uh, retail store we had print all the printing you know we did silk screening and did a thing called softball city and you know i was out there it was my idea with making it happen it was all about baseball we had it for 12 years but who's the guy in the back printing the shirts that was rich um so then uh uh again the same thing with the theater same thing with restaurants same with the festivals you know mm-hmm. as i got us involved in festivals and you know there was never any you know any thought about it rich is you know i took care of one part of it. And when it came to the stage and the sound lights and, and the production part, Rich took care of it. Right. Um, and even now we're doing the, you know, with all this renovation, who's the guy there at three in the morning, trying to run it wires. I think that's even how you call it. I don't know. Uh, cat five. I learned that five it's gotta be something. Wires or stuff. Yeah, sure. That's what I it is. Anyway, he's got a spool of something that he's on ladders and walking through ceilings and putting security cameras up and stuff. Cause that's, that's him. So no, he's always been, um, beyond supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, to my face, I know for a fact <laughs> there's been other, he's had other opinions, right. but I'll, yes, I'll you say, and I don't blame him, but it, you're right. But at the end of the day, it's, he's always been there for me and uh, pro nasty entertainment. And that's why it's not Ron entertainment. It's right. right. And I, I think sometimes people overlook that too. And you can't, um, I think no, not just, sometimes all well, the time. And a lot of it too, is it goes back to the fact that you don't see him because he's, working like crazy very weird mm-hmm. what i mean right. if you saw him he's either outside taking a little break or the show's long over um so yeah i, I totally mm-hmm. agree with that 
Now, you mentioned one word in there that uh, I really want to touch on, and that was hero. Not only, obviously, your brother and you, you he was a big hero on everything, but you had a, a couple other heroes, big heroes for you, um, parental heroes, um, father, mother. Um, but yeah. I want to touch on your father. Um, everyone's relationship with their father. You know mine. With My relationship with my dad is, is uh, yes. bigger, bigger than ever. Um, for you, what did your father instill... Um, in you guys um, growing up that you still to this day live with? Uh, and how did, how did his parental guidance kind of mold you into the person you are today and your mother? Well, you know, he just, um, he was all immersed in, he was a tailor, you know, mm-hmm. and seven days a week, every day he got up. And I tell you what, one of the things that I don't say much about, uh, uh, about him that, that I haven't really said, but I don't think I've ever said this to anybody really, but, but I remember he woke up every day. He had a shirt, a suit, a, a tie, mm-hmm. a, shirt, a shirt and tie every day. Yeah. And um, and he showed about, you know, just immersing himself in his in his craft, the pride. I mean, he would, you know, he, he was a designer. So, you know, he, oh, wow. people got to understand what a tailor is. Oh, you know, wow. some people think a tailor is, you know, you got a you got a zipper that's broken or you got something, you know, they fix it. Yeah, yeah they, they do that. But when you when you uh, try to fit people. You know, and everybody's different. We know that. But when you say, when I say different, because I had that, he would do the measure thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I would do the measuring thing with him to so help him, you know. And, you know, people's arms are a quarter inch longer. Yeah. Their shoulder over here is this this degree and this this degree. And their rise is that all this stuff. And you have to take those numbers and make a, a pattern of paper. And he would cut it to the to the 32nd of an inch and then cut the material and then put, I mean, the, the process was unbelievable. So I think uh, to answer your question, I got his work ethic. Um, we got uh, uh, his attention to detail, his pride in his product. Oh my gosh. When he would take a step back and look at it, when he finally put it on, uh, you know, that, that look on his face, I could see it today. Uh, it, it's a, it was a look that I would strive for in my life. If I could look at something that I created Mm -hmm. somehow or that we created somehow and have that same look, even a part, kind of a form of that look, that sense of pride, that sense of accomplishment. And you know what? I do get that. Again, when I'm backstage and I'm watching all of all the all the not just the entertainers mm-hmm. because they're they're working right you know but it's those people in front that are just loving it and we did that you know I, I we made that happen uh, the way the speakeasy looks the way the theater looks the what we you know, we made that happen so you know I think that's the biggest thing I got from my dad is the, is the pride in in the product that we put uh, out there. Absolutely. Now uh, I'll touch on Hero again. Um, given the fact of the the unique job in which you you and your brother hold, and uh, many other within ONSC Entertainment, um, how hard is it, and is it still something very kind of weird to uh, get used to when people consider you or call you their hero? Because you've 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 made many heroic moments, um, or you for many people who come to the theater. I mean, I've worked in the box office. People literally show me their, you know, their flight tickets from flying from Texas to the theater, then to fly back that night to go back home all because of you, because they would never be able to see that band again because of, you know, whatever reason, uh, case in point two, that's the Kenny Wayne Shepherd poster from the hallway hanging up. But, uh, yeah, right. so there's, there's a lot of those moments. Your guy, I know that. Exactly. Well, you know, how um, hard is it for yeah, you? And um, is it a little weird to accept the, the title of hero? And how do you, how do you deal with that? Would you consider yourself a hero? Many do. I don't accept it at all. I yeah. Mean, you know, I mean, sure. I could be a hero. I'll be a hero. I am a big hero. I'm a huge hero. Sure. Yeah. And then you look at other people. Like the doctors and the nurses yes. and the frontliners and the, all those people. And then I'm like, well, maybe I'm not such a hero. You know, it's, you know, I wouldn't call it a hero Christian. I There's mean, so many different look, meanings again, for that I have word. A product. Yeah. I mean, well, the, there's one meaning for me, you know, yeah. and, and a hero are those, are those people that are, that fight the people that go to work every day, not knowing if they're going to come home that right. night, those people that choose, you know, it's one thing to get, drafted mm-hmm. you know and like it used to be the draft and you got to go and all oh, i don't want to go and you try to escape out of it there are those that 
walk up to an office and say, hey, I want to fight for my country. And right. they, they leave their family for a year, two years, right. three years, come back with one of two arms or whatever it is, or don't come back at all. Mm-hmm. Um, our, you know, our, 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 you know, our people in um, our, uh, our first responders, you know, they're wearing these uniforms or targets. They're going out and saying, look, here's my nice shiny badge, Mr. Criminal. Here I am. And you don't know who they are. I mean, I can go on and on. Right. So those are heroes. What we do, though, you know, I'm really proud of of, of what we do, though. Mm-hmm. I really, really am. Because, again, I think, you know, providing it's, it's the music part that is the hero as far as I'm concerned. And um, we do provide that. We do provide it in a, in a great way. Um, I got to say, I'm proud of the way we do it. And I do it only because or the way I do it comes out really well because I'm a fan. I love the music. These, all these people, Kenny Wayne, I mean, all these, you know, KWS has been one of my favorites forever since he was, you know, smaller. Um, all these guys, these are people that I like, you know, and I, I'm fortunate that I like, I mean, I love mariachi. I love polka. I love big band. I love all kinds of stuff, you know, and of course, classic rock, heavy metal, all that stuff. So a lot of people say, when you ask them, you know, what kind of music do you like? And people say, so many people say, I like all music. Well, I can honestly say I love all music. There's very few. Uh, I mean, really, I love ethnic music. I've worked with over 80 ethnic groups. Oh, wow. I mean, I just I, I, I love it all. And the fact of the matter um, is that, um, again, I put on these shows that I like. These Every single show, for the most part, that you see at one of my places is a show that I would personally buy a ticket to. And it just so happens that my likes represent a lot of the likes of, of people out there. So again, Christian, you know, far from a hero, brother. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm proud of, of our right. product. I, I would say I'm a relatively good business person, um, and I'm honest right. and I'm sincere. And that doesn't make me a hero. I mean, I'm a real person, you know. And and I, I love people. I sincerely do. Everybody I hug, I mean it. You know it. Sure. I mean oh, it. Yeah, you know. Um, so. But that's. Uh, I don't think that makes me a hero. Right. Uh, there are heroes out there, and man, I would be. If they had a lineup, here are heroes, and they put all these other people, then then they call my name. Right. I wouldn't even walk out. I would right. not want to be uh, compared to, to to true heroes. Right. Well, I I guess what I what I was just trying to say with that was, um, you hear that a lot from a lot of people, um, and they tell you for one reason or another why they're saying that. But uh, what I was trying to get to was. How do, how do you accept that? And obviously, I understand the heroes are frontline workers. They are the one putting themselves selflessly in front of, you know, whatever, you know, danger is getting in the way of something. But uh, that term does get used sometimes lightly. Um, and I just wanted to see how, how you feel Chris, with the why, reacting. You know, where I, where I have heard it, Christian, mm-hmm. as far as a hero, you know, is the fact that what I've I've done mm-hmm. uh, or I've achieved in my personal career sure. and what, you know, what we, you know, we got these, we've got these put on shows. Right. I, I've got my restaurants, I've got my recipes. People have talked to me in that respect where they, you know, you, you've hit a plateau that I can only dream of. Mm. I mean, really what people see, who wouldn't want my life right. for what they see? They see me on stage. They see me hanging on Facebook with all the celebrities. They see me hosting a dinner and my recipes and my name is on all the, the you know, who wouldn't want right. that? Unfortunately, they don't realize that's all of that is 3% of it. Yeah. The other 97% is all the heartache, all the hard work, all the ups and downs, more downs and ups. That's part of it. It's part of everybody's world. Mm-hmm, so sure. I'm, I'm not special that way. But, um, but no, I think, um, I think uh, by us providing something mm-hmm. that we can be proud of and that people really are affected. You know, I've had several situations where people are, have, have lost a loved one or, you know, just the music is really, really right. important. Uh, there's a couple, and you know, some of these stories, you've heard these stories mm-hmm. when you're, you know, in rock stock there, and they would say, like we had this one guy, um, cause I tell my people who answer the phones and Rick and, you know, everybody, right. um, I say, uh, I want I want to hear, you know, if, if there's a story to be, mm-hmm. that's being told about it, I want to know about it, you right. know? And so Rick, had told me once that this guy called, and wanted to know if the UFO show was, was going to happen because mm-hmm. it was uh, the weather was was going to be challenging, and uh, and if we had like special seating because their brother was very very ill, and they wanted they really wanted him to see the show. Right. But then right. Uh, they decided to not to do it because you know we were talking about the seats and this and that. So I called them back up, and the guy said, "Yeah, we're you know we're three brothers, and they live like two hours away." 
Um, and he said, we're three brothers. Our one brother uh, is terminal with cancer. Mm. Um, and, but his favorite band is UFO. And, but he, you know what? We realized he's just got to be too weak. And, you know, I, I said, is he, I mean, how bad? He's like, no, he's, he's, he's on his way out. And I was like, wait a second. I said, hang on, let's work this out. I said, you know, if you pull up in the alley, there's a door right by the alley. I said, we got seats right there. Matter of fact, if I got to put a chair in the doorway, we could do that. I said, just, just, you guys got to bring him here. And I'll, you know, we'll, we'll make, he's got to see the music. If it, the music is so important to him. So they called me back. They said, well, we'll give it a try. I don't know if they can, he's even weak enough. He was so weak. So they pulled up, they, they, the van, I'll never forget it. The van came up, took him out of the van. He was in, the, in a uh, wheelchair. You know that door out by right, the yeah, end there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Open the door, put the wheelchair right there in the door. I mean, not, not 10 feet from his van. And the UFO came out and he went crazy. It was such a great night. And the brothers were all together, like they used to be jamming in the 70s, uh, the UFO. And then I had the band come down, take pictures with them, and they gave them drumsticks. It was a, it was a great night. Well, he wound up passing away the next day. Mm. But they said his brothers, he said, they said that was what he needed. He said they, he was so happy. And to this day, they stay in touch. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, I get an opportunity. Sure. You know, the music gives me opportunities, and I don't take it lightly. Mm. Um, and I, I, I can tell you there's there's probably a hundred of those stories that I would have, yeah. uh, over the years. Um, I mean, you know, uh, just happened, uh, this past weekend, you know, one of our staff members who's been a little bit on hard times is a performer, you know, and he hasn't performed since March and he, he called and he said, Hey, you know, I'd like to finally propose to my girl. Oh, wow. And, wow. and he said, I, you know, can, can, would you put like a, will you marry me or something on the marquee? Oh. I said, yeah, I could do that. I said, but you know, you're, you're part of the speakeasy. You've been here. Your daughters are work here. And you know, you just, you should uh. Uh, be a part of this. And uh, I said, if you want to, you know, the speakeasy's all cleaned and it's just, we're not using it, but why don't you come up and ask her there, you know, because that place is so special to you because it worked for us. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that would be wonderful. I could, I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. I said, Saturday night. You come up there. And since, I, you know, we're not doing anything out with right. places in open. I said, I'm going to make you guys a very romantic dinner personally. And I'll put, put a video up on the, on the screen and put candles up. It'll be a, be a beautiful romantic situation. It's all on me. He like starts tearing up. He couldn't believe it. This past Saturday, it happened. I cooked them this tenderloin and, and we did the rich, of course, took care of the video situation. And um, we just, it, it was nobody else there. I mean, they had a couple family members. And, um, and he got down on one knee and totally surprised her. And um, it was uh, incredible. And, and he said, he goes, I, this is probably the most incredible, outside of the birth of my, my daughters, um, probably the most incredible night. And what did it, you know, what for me, what did it, what did it cost, you know? Yeah. I, beef tenderloin? I mean, so again, I, <laughs> I treat this um, opportunity that I have uh, very, very seriously. And if I can help anybody and, and change their life because of the music, because of the venue, because of the food, Man, I'm all about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I, I know for me, when I used to do journalism, uh, there there would be times where I'd have a hard time trying to separate the journalism, uh, you know, aspect of it and, you know, a fan, given the fact of me and age with some of the, you know, basketball players like Kevin Durant. I'm like, oh, I'm here to do a job, but oh my gosh, Kevin Durant. Over the years, has there been uh, a few musicians or if you can, what was one musician that was literally like... Like, oh, my God, like a little kid in a candy store for you, um, even though obviously it's a business. But do you still have that that little kid inside of you that has a hard time drawing that line? It's normal, obviously. Yeah, man. I mean, I got my peers in the business are all like too cool to admit that this is a I'm not saying, you know, I got yeah. problems. Oh, I have no problem. I mean, yeah. look at these people. They millions of albums. They sing in front of arenas and, and people all over the world and sing for uh, kings and, and, and princes and, 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 you know, and presidents. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it was one, I mean, you know, I, I love the legends and icons, Christian, and you mm-hmm. know that yeah. you see some people we have, like even some of the people that I have, I mean, again, they're, they're much older than I, and I probably had no business getting them. And I'll tell you what, some of these shows, I lost a ton of money. I didn't care because I wanted to have, so I guess besides, Aside from some musical icons, of course, like Paul Anka has always been something very special to me and my, my family. And, um, and when I started, or Frank Sinatra Jr., Frank Sinatra, 
um, you know, some of these people, I, you know, I got to Tony Bennett, Connie Francis become, became my aunt Connie. Um, some of these legends, uh, totally, uh, you know, I, I do drop my, my, my jaw sometimes, but also people like Melissa Etheridge, Cheryl Crow, some of these people as well. I can tell you that the stuff that really blew me away, Chris, are some of the legends and the Hollywood legends. Like we did uh, Mickey Rooney's 89th birthday party. Oh, they had wow. Mickey Rooney there. I mean, I grew up with Mickey Rooney. I yeah. mean, you're, you know, you're a couple of years younger than I, um, <laughs> but you know, I grew up with Mickey Rooney and, and we did his show. I had Patty Page do her 80th birthday, Shirley MacLaine. We did a whole uh, uh, Q and a thing and, and it was great. Nancy Sinatra, Barbara Eden, I dream of genie. We did a whole Q and a thing. Um, Debbie Reynolds. I mean, Kevin Costner. Yeah. I mean, you know, these are just great, great names that are just, uh, I, I did a Q and a for two hours with Priscilla Presley. Wow. And she was one of the coolest people I've ever met. Uh, and we talked about, and it was really interesting because I got a call, uh, I don't know, a week before the Priscilla Presley thing, because, you know, they told me, I said, you know, what can I say or not say? I mean, I want right. to, you know, my God, you know, I, Sophia Loren is another one, by the way. Anyway, I, uh, uh, I was, a, you know, I, what do you say? What, what shouldn't you say? I mean, there was obviously some controversy around Elvis <laughs> and they said, well, you know, someone will get, get in touch with you and they'll give you some parameters. I good, you know, and I'm like doing like doing my homework and 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 getting facts and dates mm. and you know different ant antidotes and, and anecdotes rather and um and then I get this call and they said hi Ron this is uh, this is Priscilla I'm like Priscilla who I'm like what do you mean that's Priscilla Presley they said hi oh. oh my god she said yeah they said you want to know about the show and what you could you know I'm like uh, yeah hang on let me get off the freaking floor and I can't believe I'm talking to the bride of Elvis Stein right now. So, um, and I said, you know, I just want to be, I, I just want you to know that I'm, I want to be very respectful of, of your time of, of just everything. Like, what should I not? She said, look, you know, and at the time, Lisa Marie was besides, uh, this is before her son, obviously mm -hmm. it, was, it was terrible, but, um, um, uh, she said, just don't really touch too much about Lisa Marie right now. She's going through some legal things. But otherwise, everything is open. Whatever you want to know. Oh, wow. You want to know about her sex life? You want to know about I'm like boxes or briefs? Whatever you want to know. I'm like, come on, really? And two hours. Well, first of all, I spent the three hours before the show with her. Uh, she, we were up in the chaplain room in the speakeasy. Mm -hmm. And uh, just sitting there and hanging. I kept on bringing out food and sitting with her. I mean, she got to be gave her cell number. I mean, we just really a great, great relationship, uh, you know, uh, at least then. Uh -huh. And then. It was just her and I on stage in two chairs. And I sat on her lap. And we're just goofing around. And she just was, couldn't have been more wonderful. So, you know, again, you, you know, you're thinking, Presley, I'm, we're buddies, you know, right. or some of these other people. I mean, the, the, I'm just a huge, like I said, um, I'm starstruck a lot more than you would think. I mean, a lot of this stuff is old hat to me, sure. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when I see these people, even people like your, the guys that you interviewed, uh, Dewey and Jerry from America. I mean, those guys have been doing it 52, 53 years. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, their show is ridiculous. It's so good. Every song's a hit. Mark Farner from Grand Funk, uh, Neil Staka, uh, even all these heavy, uh, these hair bands, Warrant, uh, Y&T, uh, just, you know, just all of them are just, I'm a big fan and I, I am starstruck and I'm proud of it. Yeah, you should be. Now... Another thing you're really proud of, and I wanted to bring this up because I feel so bad uh, because we live in a now nowadays where, where people take little clips and bits of things and then share just that little bit when in fact you're missing the rest of that bit that it just really fully explains what's actually happening. Um, and I felt like during the summer, um, and I, I wanted to bring it up just for a little bit, is um, the importance of, uh, you know, preserving and, you know, just your Italian heritage. You come from a huge, obviously, Italian family, Onesti. There's no no beating around the bush there. It's Italian right away. Um, what is... what might get beat around the bush, I'll say that. <laughs> what has what uh, the past summer really taught you about um, education and just uh, just knowledge about the deep, rich history of, um, you know, being an Italian? And what, what makes you so prideful and so uh, passionate about promoting and continue to supporting um, your great heritage throughout all this craziness that we're going through. 
Oh, you know, I mean, uh, you're referencing the whole Columbus statue and right, Columbus yeah, yeah, Day holiday and that specifically the, the Trevor and, Noah and, uh, thing because I felt so bad for for that because it was like you know yeah. just a little clip and then you know it doesn't it it needed the yeah. full clip exactly you know. Well, okay, so what you're talking about again, you know, the city of Chicago, you know, with all the the looting and all that stuff that was going right. on. Um, the uh, city of Chicago, the mayor uh, decided to take down the Columbus statues or three of them in the city because mm -hmm. they were getting pelted. A policeman, uh, police uh, officers were getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, from uh, the one uh, riot that happened down at uh, Grand Park, Columbus right. statue, who's a police officer that's now off the job, lost sight in one of his eyes. Uh. Um, just a very terrible thing. People were throwing uh, uh, frozen bottles of water and just, uh, it just was really terrible. So they took them down. And, um, you know, the challenge here, and, and I've become president of the organization now, nice. that is the umbrella organization of, of over 50 local groups here, uh, Italian American organizations. And it's also the, the group that has produced a Columbus Day parade since its inception. Wow. So, um, so I'm kind of leading the charge on this uh, on this issue, mm -hmm. and you know a lot of people are making it about indigenous people, Columbus, all these all these uh, perceived facts about Columbus and what right. he represents, and colonization, and 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 pain and suffering with slaves and and uh, indigenous people, and um, uh, just all this kind of stuff that, frankly, now you know I've got I've got the facts, and there are. There are facts on both sides of the table. Sure. The issue here, Christian, is that Columbus Day has become the one day out of the year when Italians and Italian Americans come together right. and we celebrate our heritage. I got married on Columbus Day. It's a big oh, wow. deal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, we, I met her at, uh, at Elena in, in the Columbus Day Parade. I mean, awesome. it was something very, awesome. um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it's something near and dear to, to our hearts. It was something that we grew up with. Um, again, we uh, it was food and dancing and music and being families to, together and and celebrating and being proud and floats and just everything we, we we were brought up on. And then all of a sudden, you know, after 500 years, this guy's a hero. And after 500 years, you know, uh, a group starts saying something and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, and turned it into an anti-Indigenous People's Day. Thing. Sure. And we're like, wait a second. And all this happened without the Italians or Italian Americans being invited into the discussion. You know, it wasn't like, hey, we've come to the realization that Columbus represented this or that. Mm -hmm. And we need the Italian American community to come in and sit down with the indigenous people, with the Mexican Americans, with the Puerto Rican Americans, with whatever Americans, the Native Americans. And we gotta come to some resolve here. Right. About, you know, your hero is is we have a problem with and we need to talk about. It. But that didn't happen. You know, it, the statues were pulled down. The Chicago Public Schools, right off the bat, pulled the curriculum out of the school about Columbus. Um, Evanston and Oak Park replaced Indigenous, replaced Columbus Day with Indigenous Peoples Day. There are states around the country already doing that. We're like, hey, wait a second. Yeah. This is something very important to our community. We disagree with what you're saying about Columbus, mm -hmm. but we'll show you. We we believe the Indigenous people need their day. We want them to have their day. We right. want them to tell their story. We'll march with them arm in arm and celebrate with them and mourn with them. Sure. But why must it be at the expense of our day? Because not only if you take away Columbus, not only are you taking away the holiday, mm -hmm. we should not replace you with any uh, with anything. So right. we're left with nothing. And what ethnic group would stand by and have their holidays taken from them have, uh, and be dictated who uh, your your hero or icon can be. So that's this whole thing that's happening. This is where I'm involved with discussions of very, with all the government levels, right. yeah. whether it's city, whether it's county, whether it's federal. I'm involved in this every day, three, four, five, six hours a day on this issue. And again, it's really not about Columbus the man. I didn't know the guy. Right. You know, there are people out there that have the facts. But the reality here is that you're offending. Um, you know, you're trying to save or promote or uh, uh, address concerns of one ethnic group. Mm -hmm. A couple ethnic groups, but by by slapping the face of another ethnic group. Right. And we're saying and people and I got to right. say, in defense of the people who are technically in favor of replacing indigenous uh, Columbus Day with the uh -huh. indigenous people's day. You know, uh -huh. once I tell them that, hey, this is affecting a community that one of the communities that was instrumental in the development of the city, sure, county, yeah. of this great country where, you know, there are more um, Italian Americans in Cook County. 
than there are in almost every other county in the country outside of New oh, York wow. and New Jersey. There's a lot of us here and we're being, it's, it's, it, we're offended. We want to, we want to, you know, and, and it's been said that the, the narrative about Columbus has been one-sided sure. and like, okay, well, let's open up the explanation. Let's open up the narrative, but to replace one perceived one-sided narrative mm-hmm. with another one-sided narrative, that's not a solution right. either. So again, this is, this right. is about, Hey, we as Italian Americans, this affects us. This is something that's important to us. Let's come to some resolve, to some equitable resolve right. that we can, we can right. uh, 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 all live with. And it tells all our stories. We want to do that, right. but don't just take it away from us and don't have us, don't invite us to the party right. to talk about it. And that's what right. happened to us. So that's what I'm involved with right now. Yeah. No. And you know what? I you you answered that perfectly. And I think if anything, if if the last summer or just this past year has taught us anything, is it's made us more aware just about history in general. It's brought it's brought us it brought attention to things that we never looked at maybe closely before, and it educated us on things that we didn't know before. In many ways, it was very good to have that. Um, circumstances obviously it did took that to have that happen. But um, I, I think we all learned uh, over the past year, um, as did everyone else who just listened to this entire conversation. Um, I appreciate you doing this. I really do. Well, you know what? Uh, you're, you're, uh, uh, you're one of our little brothers over there, and uh, we, we're a big fan of yours. You know that. We've had this conversation. You're incredibly creative. You're musical. I love your music. I listen <laughs> to it all the time. I really, really do. Um, I mean, I think you got, you know, you got some of these talents here and you're, you know, you're taking it upon yourself to do this show and do some writing, do all these great things. And I think, uh, you, you know, your dad should be really proud of you and you're going to carry on his legacy and, um, you know, anything I can do, you're always part of us and wish you the best, man. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was my conversation with the man himself, Mr. Ron Onesti. If you like what you heard and you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and iHeartRadio, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to visit our website, thechristianhansonshow.com. There you're going to find information on all of our guests, prior prior guests, biographies and all of them, and so much more. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe, be well, and we will see you next time on The Christian Hansen Show. Mm